the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello welcome to this week's 442 Insider Podcast where we take you behind the scenes of Australia, nay, the world's best footballing <laughs> publication and website. I'm publisher Andy Jackson, joining me as ever is editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. Producer Simon and special guest, work experience for Adam. <laughs> uh, so Adam might be jumping in, uh, giving us his views and, uh, on Australian football, where it's heading. We'll be throwing the mic over to him a little bit later. He can have the whole of section three if he yeah, wants. Yes, he do. Trust yeah. that. Yeah, he looks up for it. <laughs> He's not worked out of the power of the podcast yet. He's shaking his head to say no. Uh, we're going to kick off with reviewing A-League Round 8 and the weekend kicked off. Actually, before we do that, nope. got, we've got an apology to make oh. that we didn't. <laughs> not, not another one. And the various milestones that we recorded last week and acknowledged last week, we didn't acknowledge Jamie Harmwell right. uh, breaking the appearance record for Perth Glory after his 12 years at the club. 242 appearances, beating Bobby Despotovsky's record. Uh, local boy, Perth-born, uh, scored 44 goals in that time. Um, which doesn't sound that great, but in 91 A-League appearances, he scored 25 goals. Yeah, which isn't bad for a sort of centre-back. I say, he started as a back, didn't he? <laughs> well, he started as a, and then he went as a striker when Ron Smith was there, and then he's sort of now back at centre-half again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so apologies to that dude and Perth Glory number one who picked us up on that omission last week. Uh, so Jamie, well done mate, we salute you. Uh, back to the action. Wellington 2, North Queensland Fury 1. Yes. Let's start with Justin Passfield, shocker, shall we? Yep. He'd been improving greatly as well, wouldn't he? Cause even what... his own press a little bit as well, I think. He's been getting progressively more cocky as yeah. the season's worn on. Do you, do you remember he did an, and another thing for us? You know, the, we yeah, used to do yeah, the fan yeah. discussions, and we got in the. I think he was Sutherland Sharks at the time. Um, so you know, he's, he's done well to get himself an A League contract and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you're a keeper yourself, aren't you? So. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, form, I've, I've, no, form I've been known to stand in, in between the goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Not, yeah, it was a shocker. And, and again, I was I backed four to six goals in this when there were two goals in the first twelve minutes. I was like, get in there. Yeah. Um, Pretty thing? windy, as we expect a fair bit at, at Wellington. Uh, obviously, Phoenix raced into a 2-0 lead. Bertos getting the second, and then uh, Hughes got one back for North Queensland, but they Who, couldn't manage done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been a good player. Um, I, one thing I didn't realise about the Fury um, until I was uh, perusing the table this morning is quite how badly they're doing. I, I, Fury? Yeah, Fury, yeah. I mean, you know, I know that... They hit, you know. They've only won one game. I yeah. thought they'd won more. For some no, reason... I think, the, I think the point was was that that won one and drawn three was the first four games. <laughs> yeah. You know, they started really well and then they just haven't won for three weeks. Yeah. And, you know, they look like they're scoring loads of goals. Now they can't really seem to get many goals. So, yeah. And also, I think our expectations were so low of them, weren't they? Yeah. You know, if they just turned up, that was enough. So, you know, the fact they've managed to win a game seems like they've done well. Uh, red card from Vince Lear. Yep. Well, for Vince Lear rather than from Vince Lear. The red card was from the referee, but it was for <laughs> Vince Lear. Uh, 65 minutes, but um, Fury couldn't capitalise on the extra man and uh, and still lost 2-1. You, um, you know Wellington have got this incredible home record. Yeah. But in their games, they normally just get home, don't they? It's not like they're smashing teams. They don't teams. many teams. <laughs> no, no. They just do enough, don't they? Um, 
Adelaide, uh, 2-0 winners against Perth Glory. Good game, this, I thought. Yep. I, I enjoyed this game. Um, deadlocked until the 70th minute when a, a, a cracking header from Sergio van Dijk uh, opened the score and then they followed it up very quickly with a, with a penalty three minutes later. Great crowd, nearly 13,500. Yep. Um, should we, should we, while we're on Van Dijk, should we, yeah. ro- should we roll out these these striker statistics? Go on, then. Go on, Chef. Stat, okay. stat rap. Um, it's been a while since you've had a stat rap. Have you seen this? Because maybe yeah. I can test you on it. Uh, well, on, basically, then. it's highest goals per game ratio um, in the A-League ever, based on players that have scored 10 goals or more. Right. Who do you reckon is going to be tall? You know, they, we've got, got a top. Shane Smeltz has got to Easily. be up there, yeah. Easily, yeah. Uh, 0.63. He scored got... more than a goal a game last year, didn't he? Yeah, 42 goals in 67 games yeah. during his early career. So, yeah, yeah. No, no real surprise. But okay. who else do you reckon is knocking in that top 10? Van Dyke, I think, will be up there. Second. Yeah. One and two so far. Can he get third? Um, oh, he should better get third as well. Third. Third. Archie. <laughs> Yes, top, top three. <laughs> Straight, it gets a little bit more difficult after that. But yeah, there. Come on, come on. Fourth. You want to go for fourth? Give me a clue. In... Still playing in the A League? Well, I don't know. Actually, he's played for two different A League clubs. That would be the clue. You don't know if he's still playing in the A League? No, maybe he is. This is making great podcasting, isn't it? Us thinking for long periods. I think he's come he's on. left. I don't know. Who is it? Scored an incredible overhead kick on debut. Scored an incredible overhead I don't know. Go on, Sam. Eugene Daddy. Oh, yeah. Well, on debut for Wellington. Yeah, yeah exactly. On debut for Perth. Yeah. No. Um, no I, think he's go- I think he's gone. Yeah, I was say, that's why I wasn't entirely yeah. sure if he was... Because he was here last God, season. Who, who are the others? Uh, Joel Griffiths comes in next. Paul Eiffel. Ah, Paul. Great stuff. 16 goals in 37 for him. Damian Morey, of course. I was going to say Morey, yeah. Goal machine. Um... Danny Allsop. People always forget, don't they, how many goals Allsop got? Yeah. Rukovitsa comes in ninth. Oh, yeah. And Perth's Bobby coming in 10th, 11 goals in 29 games. He probably would have got, you know, more if he was played more of his football in the A-League. So, yeah, that's that's the top 10 most prolific strikes. Cool. Any notable omissions there, do you think? Guys that had, you know... I thought Gross was up there. be the yeah. only one I'd, I'd probably add to yeah. there. Um, okay. right, it's a great header from Van Dyke. Used the pace on the cross... Yeah, he definitely meant it. Knew exactly what he was doing. You could tell from where he, he looked as soon as he's headed it. Um, another red card in the game. You see where I'm going with this? Jamie Coyne on 75 minutes. Um, that pretty much killed any hope of, of Perth coming back. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't play badly in that game, so I don't think they'll. Uh, I don't think they'll be too despondent about that. But they, again, they do need to learn how to win away from home. We say it every week. Yeah. Um, because they've dropped right off again now. You know, yeah. they're, they're down in sixth, though. Three teams on 11 points and two teams on 12. So Adelaide, a bit of space there now. Adelaide, eight, six points clear. Can't argue with that. Which in the A League. Eight games. The A League's huge amount. Yeah, for being so close in the first few weeks, the last three weeks have really opened things out. You know, and you look at Sydney, you know, is this before or after last night's game? Uh, this would be before, before this table. So they've now got four points, so they're 14 points behind Adelaide. Hmm. It's worrying. Worrying for them. Uh, Brisbane. Don't score enough goals. Brisbane never score enough goals. They're home form with it. They won 4 0. Um, first two were a little bit scrappy. Uh, and bizarrely, you'd probably say one of the men of, of the match was Clint Bolton, in, mm. which sounds odd in a 4 0 spanking. He's been doing all right. All, it could have been a lot more. Yeah. Um, That's never encouraging, is it? Chris Boyle, the Scottish ref, 
famous for his refereeing of uh, Melbourne Victory North Queensland, gave another penalty and another red card. Uh, booked, I think he booked Alex Terra for the dive, didn't he? Yeah. But again, my question is, blatant dive in mm. the box. Where's the two-week ban? Where's the ban? Uh, yeah, and again, it comes back to my point. Are we only going to ban people when they're successful at it or when they're good at it? What about people that are really bad at diving but still do it? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, that's not right, Poor crowd there, though. 6-3 for, you know, for you, you would have hoped that the f- sort of football that Brisbane are playing, the crowd would have started to build a little bit, especially now the you know, NRL's over and the uh, Gold Coast are out. Now, the other one, the yellow card that annoyed me, Mitch Nichols. Yeah. Mm. Did you see it when he scored and he ran to the high five, that fella? Yep. Do you know the story behind that? No. That fella was abusing him when he was warming up. <laughs> really? Lots of shit. <laughs> so instead of like turning around and flicking him the bird, he yeah. ran over to him and high fived him and sort of like, and got booked for it. And got booked for the technical term is engaging with the crowd. None of now, that. Certain games at the A League, mm. you'd have to go a long way to get booked for engaging yeah. with the crowd. So when people actually do, why penalise them for it? So, my view, there's nothing better than when someone scores a goal and impromptu run into the front row, yeah. hugging the crowd. And it's like I just think if we're going to start booking people for for having some personality and dealing with things in the right way, you could have dealt with that in a very different way. Yeah, and also I think it's a bit ironic for the um, FFA to be having a go at anyone for engaging crowds. Exactly, you know. So I was disappointed with that red card for Dean Heffernan on in the fifty fourth minute. See the Lots trend, of red, the yeah. See the trend, the chest. See where I'm going with this. It's all over here. See where I'm going with this. Uh, Newcastle drew nil nil with Melbourne. Not really much to say about that, was there? <laughs> no. Uh, Sydney drew one one with Gold Coast. Uh, Bruno opened the scoring on the twentieth minute with a header from corner that uh, was quite clearly over the line, and then. Um, Bruce Cite, uh got his first goal back on Australian soil with uh, with pulling neatly taken header from a corner, not back it nodded back in less than ten thousand there, um, which now looks like a not too bad yeah crowd crowd last really. night. But um, I mean Sydney just can't buy one at the moment. I mean they, and the other thing is they seem to keep going into the lead as we saw again last night and just not being able to kick on and and put and, and this has always been a problem with Sydney's they've never put teams away but now they're actually conceding. Last season they were. They were winning games 1-0, but they don't seem to be out. Well, they haven't kept a clean sheet yet. Well, that back line's nowhere near as good, is it? No. No. Um, Do you think Stefan Keller's growing his hair until Sydney get a win? Because it possibly. Is, <laughs> it's getting more and more ridiculous each week. Possibly. Uh, red card for John Curtis for uh, attempting to take off Superman style and failing and just collecting the Sydney player with his elbow. Uh, it was a ridiculous challenge. What... What he was thinking of, I don't know. He just lined him up and threw his arm at him. Yeah, A League, filthy league. Is that was that again, the final point? Red card for John Curtis on, and, and also, is it would it count maybe one of the quickest sending off and being sent on as a sub? What in the uh, when was he sent on as a sub? I think it was in the 67th minute, and he right. was sent off in the 68th. Good bit of mirror on tactics there again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so league table. As you alluded to, Adelaide top, played eight, 18 points, only undefeated side. Uh, Brisbane Raw back up into second, uh, level pegging with the Mariners on 12 points. Wellington, Melbourne and Perth all equal on 11. Gold Coast in seventh on 10. Um, Melbourne, Hearts, eight points from eight games. Newcastle, seven points. 
North Queensland Fury seven points and Sydney FC rock bottom with four, three points adrift. Mm. So even one win won't get them back into it. Interesting uh, that Adelaide have shipped eight goals there, which is you know more than Brisbane, you know Mariners, Gold Coast, and Jets. Yeah, but look at their goals but scored. They're scoring, they're scored they? twice yeah. as many, and and that yeah, you look at the top scorers and four goals apiece: Matthew Leckie and Sergio Van Dyke. You know, so when yeah. you've got two centre forwards that are scoring a goal a game between them. You know, you're going to be there or thereabouts. That's all for uh, the, the roundup of last weekend's games. Actually, we should probably just talk about last night. You know, to, uh, Sydney's draw with uh, North Queensland. Yeah, um, looked a lot brighter with Broscott front. Bruno, it's good to Broscott's quick because Bruno is no quick. He's not, and he, yeah, he's sort of he's one of those players that likes the play to go on around him, shall we say? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, the goals, great was... goal from Shannon Cole. Shannon Cole, fantastic goal. You know, like. Great control and a, and then a controlled volley. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to look at Liam Eddy. I was going to say. Down the a, middle. I mean, it was a good hit. He struck it well. But Bad conditions straight as well. straight at him and he's almost diving away from it, it looked like. Yeah, he'd made his mind up where he's going like a penalty almost, yeah. it? And he couldn't swerve his body back into it. Yeah, I mean, the Fury needed that goal as well. That was their first shot on target, I think, in like the 76th minute or something. So, yeah, they, yeah. it was going to take something like that to get back into it. And then Sydney had a you know had a couple of chances. The Terry McFlynn was definitely not in. I think I think the no, replays cleared that up. It, it looked it first. Because I always think when a ball bounces back out at an angle, generally it's gone in and that spin exactly, yeah. takes it back out rather than bouncing straight back up and down. And it looked like it. I was expecting it to look to be in and everyone going, oh, we need video technology, but we didn't. No. Do we think they actually saw it or do we think that they didn't see it and hoped it wasn't in? McFlynn looked more convinced than Lampard did, at the, didn't he, at the World Cup? And Lampard went a mile over. McFlynn was going crazy. So I thought, especially, you know, you see, you think, oh, that must have been a goal, but no, it wasn't. So now we don't need video technology ever. Okay, and Sydney FC, lowest ever crowd last night. I mean, the weather was atrocious, as you could see on the... Although it wasn't until the game started. But I guess yeah. the current state, probably the last thing you need at the moment is three home games in a week. <laughs> when yeah, when you can't buy a win and uh, and you're struggling to appeal to the crowds and you get three home games in a week. They're playing at home again on Monday. Again at home to Adelaide. Yeah, so, no, yeah I That's that. weird scheduling. <laughs> they always do that, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a disappointing crowd. Midweek game's not really taken off, have they? I was quite looking forward to them well, this year. And... You say that. No one's going to watch at the weekend, so 7,000 and 10,000 in Melbourne, it, in no. my view, isn't, isn't the worst crowd. But I mean, they had, what, 3,000 less than they had against the Gold Coast? I mean, Gold Coast are a bigger, bigger draw, obviously, yeah. but still. Well, it's been since how many to get on Monday, on the holiday Monday, and it's kids' holiday, so yeah, I mean, they're, hopefully they're, the crowd will go up. I mean, they were sort of targeting closer to 14, 15 this season, weren't they? But, yeah, but, I mean, ultimately, they're rock bottom. They're three points adrift, you know, it's like yep. you can't. You, know, you can't uh, substitute a winning team. Sydney crowds, fickle shocker. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for the uh, review of the last round. We'll be back in part two to discuss some of the main news on our website, au.442.com. Join us after the break. It's time to celebrate the rebirth of the playmaker. We speak to Wesley Schneider and Mizet Ozil, the standout players at the World Cup. We look at the 16 greatest playmakers of all time, and Southampton's greatest, Matt Letizia, answers your questions. Tim Cahill talks about being the face of FIFA 11. We spend time with Sydney FC's Corica and Carl and look at the Major League Soccer lessons that could save the A-League. Plus, we run the rule over Mancini's Man City. If it's in the game, it's in 4-4-2. On sale now. 
the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Part two, we're going to look at uh, some of the main news on our website, au.442.com. And uh, when was it? Wednesday, Tuesday, saw uh, new Socceroos coach Holger Osik announce his first squad uh, on home soil uh, yep. for the forthcoming game against Paraguay, which is a week on Saturday. Um, any real surprises, Trev? I mean, we'll quick, quickly run through the squad. There, obviously, there were six A-League players in there. Uh, running through the squad, Alex Bross, Tim Cale, David Carney, Jason Kalina, Eugene Galekovic, Richard Garcia, Millie Edenak, Josh Kennedy, Harry Kuehl, Scott McDonald, John McCain, Matt, Matty Mackay, Lucas Neal, Jade North, Mark Schwartz and Michael Thwaites, Carl Valeri, Dario Vidasic and Luke Wilkshire. Any yep. surprises in there? The A-League guys, I think. So, I mean, particularly, Brosk isn't a surprise in the sense that, you know, I think he's good enough to make squads like this. But last season, when he was ripping it up and he couldn't get in, this season he's been out injured and he's straight in. Yeah. You know, it's obvious that... I don't, do we, not do sure we think that this, you know, do we think that this is a, not, not tokenistic, but it's, a, it's an actual, right, we're going to have... You know, a quarter of the squad yeah, is going to be A League boys, and so because, like you say, yeah, he came out and said that form's important, not top clubs. But like you say, Brosk has played one game by the time he picked this squad, yeah, and it was two days before, yeah, that's yeah, um, definitely. I reckon they've said, you know, might have even said to him, um, you know, it's like in a new job, I saw he's pretty much just doing, doing what they're saying, and I reckon they said to him, oh, you've got to have about five A League players yeah. in there, but also, I don't think it's the worst ploy. I mean, even. The level that I coach, my 12-year-old my development squad, each month we put two, the best two that have trained the best mm. up into the reps. Yeah. So they go and get a feel for what's, what it's like to take that next step up. Yeah. So then they, you know, if they're getting a little bit big for their boots and then they sort of get the chance to go and train with the next level up for a month, they come back having a... You know, it also gives them a bit of a yardstick as to how they're progressing. So I don't think it's the worst thing that they, you know, the, the A-League guys, the likes of Matt Mackay... Um, get the chance of Michael Thwaites to uh, to sort of train for a week with the the guys, the big guys, bigger guys from Europe. Um, I mean, Michael Thwaites. Do you want to chat about him? I mean, I, I thought he had a I thought he had a very good season last year in, in say, that yeah. sort of holding midfield role more than what we probably knew him before as a was as a sort of defender, a utility defender. Yeah. And do we see him sort of making a, a case? I mean, that's probably the area where it's most competitive in the Socceroos camp. That that sort of midfield too if indeed Holger's going to play that yeah, way that's the annoying thing about Holger with Pim would always be able to predict the team because we knew the formation I don't know what Holger's going to do anymore the most worrying thing about this this team is that it looks pretty weak at the back doesn't it I mean you've got your regulars there you'd have to say so yeah. Carney and Wilkshire at, at right and left back and, and Neil in the middle who's not exactly a, been playing brilliantly I mean I must admit I mean like David Carney as a as the only left back in that team in that squad sort yeah. of worries me yeah do you think he'll have Wiltshire as a replacement if he needed to I'll tell you the sort player that anyway. I thought, if you were going to pick six A-League players the player that I thought was dis- I would probably have given a shot to was Stefanuto I think he, he's really impressed me this season and I think you know and, and he as a as a genuine left back yeah of, of which we have one and that's him yeah I'm surprised that he, he's not having a look at him because yeah. um, Carney I think is he, great going forward but Still concerns me defensively. Yeah. Um, um, would you not have uh, Lecky in ahead of Brosk? 
on form. Yeah, absolutely. But I think isn't Lecky away with um, yeah young soccer. Young soccer, right, so, that makes sense. But yeah, I, I think I probably would have. Um, the player that I thought was you know it was, again Nathan Burns' omission, having been picked for the last squad. You sort of think, well, what did he do wrong? You know, he didn't get didn't get long. Carl Valeri, I think, is is probably could probably consider himself lucky if we're talking about players being picked on form. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, who do we want to see? What do we think his lineup will be, Trev? Um, I think you, you so always think scribbling was, furiously there. I've got a, a back four what, and a, a goal. Sort of, was it a four four two you got there? I was gonna. I don't really know what I was gonna do. This is why I've well, only it was got McDonald and, and Cahill. I think some of the overseas... I don't think Harry will start, because I think he knows enough about Harry and he's just come back from an injury, so I reckon we might see Harry for sort of the last 20 minutes. I don't know what kind of formation he's going to try out. In terms of who you'd like to see, you'd have to think that if some of the overseas guys are coming back, they're coming back back to get a little bit of game time. So I don't think it's going to be a sort of massively different team. I'd like to see Vidasic again, because I think he's he's looked good in, in flashes for us. Um... I know Valeri wasn't great last time, but I wouldn't mind giving him another chance. But in, in terms of the defence, I'm not really sure who we're going to see that's that's fresh, really. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, this is all uh, the par- the choice of Paraguay as opponents is uh, is all part of the bigger picture World Cup bid. The big um, the big thing about that. Do you think that Larissa Raquel May, the Paraguay oh, super fan, do you think she she's comes. coming? I was going to say, is someone bringing her out because maybe we should. Are we bringing her out? <laughs> bit late now but I was thinking we could have got on it couldn't we should have got on it life um, is full of regrets and that's but obviously one of the biggest where ones. this fits into the World Cup bid it's probably worth explaining it for those of you that don't know is obviously the, the, the head of the Paraguayan Federation mm-hmm. is one of the 24 FIFA executive Harold. committees and, no no that's the Chilean guy right okay yeah, no, yeah. The, the, I forget the guy's name and, and there's the, the Paraguayan the Argentinian and the Brazilian, I know Ricardo Teixeira is the Brazilian, Julio Grandiana is the Argentinian. Yep. So this is an opportunity to bring the, his federation down here, wine him and dine him, show him a bit of the sites, show him the, the, one of the stadiums that would be used. And interestingly enough, if you look at the friendlies that Paraguay have played, I think it's Qatar, Japan, <laughs> Korea... <laughs> yeah. So basically, because this guy is one of the 24, he's spent the last sort of 18 months taking Paraguay around the world. Um, but it is another chance to uh, to show, you know, one of the people that will be voting on December the 2nd uh, that we want the World Cup here. So obviously, we we would urge everyone to get out and support. Um, one of the players that has been picked, uh, Matt McKay. Um, said that you know it's it's been great. It's a bit of a surprise to him to be picked because he, he, as he sees, it's a fairly fully strength side. Um, but he thinks that you know the inclusion of the A League players has, has given all Australian based players a massive boost, and I think that's probably fair call. Yep, and that's probably kind of the point of why they did it. You know, maybe yeah. that gives all the Aussie players a sort of well, shot. Particularly in the after Pim's sort of disdain for the A League, it's <laughs> um, it's probably a nice sort of you know. PR and nice Philip for the players here to think that you know if they do get a run of form together they have got a chance and he's done well Malachi. I don't object to him being in the no squad not at all, all. I, and you know, I think he's still got a bit to prove at this level I think but yeah. but I, I don't think he's played in a, at this level with the stronger soccerers around him right. and he just strikes me as one of those players that the better the players around him the better he'll get yeah because he's not one of those players that's going to beat. Ten men and score. He's a he's a busy player. Gets the ball very neat and tidy, you know, and and you know doesn't lose possession easily. 
Um, but also, the important thing is, and a very real thing, is that in what was it now, three and a half months, we're going to the Asian Cup, and we still don't know who out of the big guns is going to be coming. Mm. You know, Kale's taking a wait and see. Harry Kill, will he be fit? You know, so again, you know, Holger's running out of time to know who he's going to go to um, if those big names turn around in December and say, we're not coming because my Premier League team needs me. Yeah. You know? Irritating for our Asian Cup coverage in the magazine as well because you've got no idea who to do. Uh, Joel Griffiths, uh, Adam, can you shed any light on this from a, from a Newcastle perspective? Would you like, Adam, would you like Adam's, mine, Adam's from up in Newcastle. I've, I've got nothing way, to so. add here, so here we um, go. Them. Joel Griffiths uh, obviously uh, departed the club when Con Constantine was uh, was in charge of things, and there was a bit of acrimony there uh, with with the final move. But obviously, he's now in Beijing. Uh, but has hinted that um, if now things are different in uh, in Newcastle, he might be coming back. Would he uh, in Newcastle amongst the fans there? Would he be welcome back? Was he seen as as the the victim in this, or was he seen as the the bad boy? Because at one point he was refusing to play, wasn't he, or something, or train? There has been some talk about this, but I think Newcastle will be open to bringing him back purely because this season we haven't seen as much firepower. Obviously, in the Neil Ordor against Melbourne victory, we didn't have Bridges there. Yeah. Obviously showed that we didn't have the much attacking prowess other with that. Yes, it just stepped up his game a little bit, but still... For me, he hasn't really impressed me this season purely because that's statistically reasoning. He hasn't scored a goal yet, and he's also pretty injury prone himself. Yeah, he's obviously got, he's like, just come back from that somebody knee else's knees, isn't he? Yeah. His brother's knee or something. <laughs> and um, look, Joel has proven in the A League level he is a great scorer. He scored some many cracking goals. I think the most memorable one I remember is the three-one victory in the championship-winning season. 3-1 vic- over the victory. He scored off a free kick. I free thought that kick, was curler in the top corner. Yeah. Yeah. 0.47 yeah. goals a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as, the, as Trev mentioned before, he's in the top 10 in games per goal rate. So, obviously, we would be open to having him back. And I can't say the full blame would be on Con. Con stuck to his gun saying, I want this transfer fee for when he left. Yeah. So, it's purely up to Joel. If he does want to come back, I think... We'd definitely welcome him back because he gives us that extra attacking power in the front line that we're. And he's, a bit, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a nasty one as well. So and I think the Jets sort of need yeah. that a little bit. I think they need a little bit of mongrel about him. But um, but obviously Michael Bridges is injured. Um, and have we got a date for his return yet? I was hoping it was going to be at least two or three weeks potentially. Yeah, there hasn't been a concrete date yet. But well, I think Branko would be hoping to get him back as soon as possible. Obviously, being the captain and being the main playmaker in the squad, but it's all a wait and see situation for Michael just now. But I think just a quick mention: the most impressive player I've seen this season would be Ruben Zadkovic for the Jets. He's really opened up the Jets' attack down that right wing, and obviously, having him at the club is another thing that's going to help the Jets probably try and get to that caliber that they had back in 2008. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Adam, our work experience boy, putting us firmly in the shade with that Newcastle roundup. So, thanks for that, mate. Um, we'll probably get you back in later. Um, last couple of stories was uh, Rini Coolen, Adelaide boss, has uh, said that Matthew Leckie, uh, you know, should probably be ending up in Europe, uh, and the Eredivisie would be funny. That Dutch Rini Coolen said that um, the Eredivisie would be a fantastic place for him to go. Um, 
Do we think it's going to be at the end of this season, probably? I hope so. You, you'd think so. I you? hope so, yeah. Cause yeah it seems and, like he's got the, the raw materials necessary. And it'd be a good sort of model, wouldn't it, if, if he kind of emerged in the A-League, had a couple of years, you know, perhaps get you know got into the Socceroos and stuff while still here, and then went to Europe, then, you know, that's, that's pretty... I mean, hopefully a similar sort of thing will happen with Terry Antonis at Sydney. Yeah. And one player that did make that route from, uh, from National League in Australia to the Eredivisie to the English Premier League, Brett Emerton, yep. uh, is back home to recapture his best um, after scoring a winner, Blackburn's 2-1 win at Blackpool on Saturday. And uh, Sam Allardyce, uh, or Aladici, um singled him out for some praise, saying he's had a couple of tough years. But, um, but yeah, he's capped it off with a, with a great goal and looking a lot sharper, which is good news for everyone. Yep. Final, but we just want to quickly touch on was obviously uh, the grand final, AFL grand final, that is, uh, going to a replay. The lengths they'll go to oh, to, to just take knock the off. limelight away <laughs> from us. God. The thing that did make me laugh, though, was Andrew Dimitri's sort of, you know, like self-righteous press conference. A press conference. I didn't think you were going to say press then when I heard the P coming. Was like this, this is what makes the AFL great worldwide is worldwide. is the fact that n- no other sport has replays it's like, what yeah are you an idiot it's like first of all it's not a worldwide sport no one gives no one gives a shit outside this country yeah. let's be honest you mm. can do all you want with current affair in south Af- in south africa but no one cares right and you're certainly not the only sport to ever have replays football had them years ago and we decided they weren't the best way to uh to sort out knockout stages so I'm sure we'll end up with a drop punt shootout soon with yeah. five each at the end of a grand final and especially when <laughs> your grand final's what two and a half three hours long Ugh, and I, eight watched... hours on the TV it's going to be the same again this week I went around someone's house I'm decorating from... this week yeah. Saturday and Sunday just to avoid watching one minute of the AFL or the NRL I mean I, I went I went around someone's house for an AFL grand, you know, grand final barbecue you know I, I was there for two meals because I just can't believe <laughs> How long it goes on for, and then they break in, and there's more. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, Ruined one, my of, long the, weekend one well. of the downsides of the uh, worldwide, um, you Web. know, fantastic sort of uh, AFL grand final replay was that um, the FFA, well, FFA Melbourne Hearts, Melbourne Victory took the decision to delay um, the first Melbourne derby by a week to next Friday. Um, mixed sort of feelings on this from the fans personally I think it was the right decision um, you know this is the this, you know, arguably this is the showpiece game of the season for the A-League you know it's the first ever same city derby and I think taking it out of it would have just got completely lost in the oh. media in the Melbourne public psyche and so I think they did the right thing I think the, it was the conspiracy theorists coming out saying the AFL had lent on people because uh, Amy Park's now been used as a live site. Right. Um, but I just think it was the right decision, Trev. Yeah, it is the right decision. It's a little bit hard to swallow. Of course um, it is. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately, you know, it is what had to happen, really. I mean, the FFA must you know, we talked about the FFA scheduling before, the, you know, it's very, very set up and they really think about what they do. So you reckon they put it, oh, put it the weekend after the AFL final? Then Absolutely. May, then maybe someone said, oh, what if it's a draw? And they went, it's not going to be a draw, man. It's been about two in a hundred years. <laughs> There's no chance of it being a draw. No, I think they probably didn't know. If the players that were playing the game didn't know that it was going to a replay if it was a draw, well, most then the, I doubt whether The people I was at the party, most of them going, oh, what happens now? Isn't there extra time? And like, it's like, <laughs> no, we're back next week. Oh, God. All right, well, we are 
what are we, four days away from the end of the AFL and the NRL seasons, which is when we tend to get a true picture. What if it's another draw? It goes to extra time. Five, right. Five minutes each way. Right, OK, good. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone into extra time on that second uh, second part, so we'll take a break and we'll be back in part three to uh, look a bit further afield and cast our gaze over the English Premier League. So join us after the break. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1300 Four Goals to find out what's new in the football world. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. It's been a while since we've uh, looked beyond A-League. It's been things. so good, hasn't it? There's been so much drama and uh, intrigue around the A-League, but we'll cast our glance six games in over to the English Premier League. And uh, no real surprises at the very top. Um, Chelsea, three points clear. They suffered their first defeat of the weekend at the hands of Man City. Just goal difference 19 there. I know, that's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> and... Uh, Man United in second with 12 points, Arsenal and Man City uh, 11 points each. So the top four, no real surprises. Villa in fifth with 10 points. Uh, bottom is where it's interesting. Um, after six games, Everton, rock bottom with three points. West Ham, probably not that much of a surprise. Not bad at the moment, nice. Uh, Liverpool in 16th. So what do we make of... Uh, Liverpool start to the season. God, I didn't know they were that low down. Yeah, <laughs> I, knew, I knew they hadn't started well. But... 16. Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was always going to take a while for... I'm, to be honest, I, I wasn't con- entirely convinced by Roy Hodgson's... He's support. starting to look like he's feeling the pressure of it as well, I think. Anyway, um, well, well done. You, you got Fulham to 12th in the league and you reckon you can look over Liverpool. I don't care about the you, you know cup competitions. You need managers who are sort of more proven in the league. So, by that, it's too, too early to say something about that, but I was saying that before he went. Yeah, he's, he's got his workout already, and it doesn't look like he's got the money to even bring in the sort of players that he needs. Um, people getting on tourists back, because he set his standards so high, but, you know, when he gets fully fit, I think he'll, he'll be firing again. But, yeah, I mean, realistically, if they can scrape into the Europa League, it probably wouldn't be too bad a season. Yeah. Chelsea, um, I mean, the, the game against Man City was... was a, Interesting exercise in that Man City were the home team that played like the away team and oh, Mancini just sat, I mean it was two Italians playing a game of chess really. Um, Man City just sat back, defended in numbers, and just tried to catch on on the break, which they did uh, with a with a smartly taken goal from Tevez. But um, they did this last season and the run into last season, like Man City, but they had Arsenal or something. They you know Spurs they played at Man City and, and they ended the, up losing it. Exactly, Grant yeah. Scored in the last five minutes. And they had a, they had a game against Arsenal. I think it might have even just been the week before that, and they didn't even try and win it. And it was like he was just gearing up to hopefully beating Tottenham one 0 And then when that didn't happen, they didn't make the Champions League. Um, yeah, he's obviously a good coach, Mancini, and I think that one of the blogs on the Guardian was saying he, he's going to make them fighters and not entertainers. Well, they scored seven goals in five, in six games. And the players they've got there compared you know. with Chelsea's twenty-one goals. <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah. you see? I can't remember someone had done the, uh, the. It was the most probably the most expensive game of football ever played when you looked at the those two. the two squads and the transfer fees and the uh, and the weekly wages. Um, Let's touch on my boys, Villa. Um, Gerald Houllier has taken over and started with two wins in the in the 
what was it now? Carlin Cup, yeah. Yep. Carlin Cup and then a, a good win, good late win away. Emil, super Emil, <laughs> never doubted him. No, never <laughs> said a bad him. word about him. Never, it was a monster of a header. Yeah. It was one of those headers where there was no pace at all on the cross. And there's a picture of him where he's as high as a picture, player's waist. And just bang the header in. Um, Tucked in a good position there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just it is. Yeah, like a couple of bits. Two points behind second. You know, we've got Spurs away this week. Big game for us. You know, yeah. like we can win that. Um Kudos to West Brom under Roberto Di Matteo. They've started well. A couple of good results. Great result at the Emirates. As far um, as shock results go, to go three up. Yeah. Three up at the Emirates. You, you'd, not... you'd think, though, that if that game would have gone on another five minutes, it might, the result might have been different. Because yeah. right, as soon as Arsenal bought on... Um, who's it they bought on? Rosicki and... And uh, our Sharvin came on. Yeah. They just looked a completely different side. And you just think, well, was Wenger a little bit cautious with his team selection underestimating him yeah he's playing a boue for like in midfield which seemed a bit odd to me but um but yes yeah, a great result for West Brom they're sitting in sixth which is uh considering their last uh, attempt was um yep. is a is a good start for him guaranteed they won't win a game after Christmas yeah <laughs> your boys West Ham got a great yep. win against Tottenham but still in the bottom three yeah what do you think oh we've got like a slightly easier run again because we had you know Chelsea and Manchester United and, and Villa. Villa and yeah we had, we did have a, a tough start so once we had easier games like a way to Stoke we got a point home to Tottenham with one I think we've got you know home to Fulham next weekend and Blackpool coming up and then Newcastle so yeah it just depends over like the next few games sort of gave up on the idea of West Ham sort of like to do a thing of, of playing good football and passing despite not having the players that can play good football and pass. So we went for more, a bit more of a physical approach and scored a goal from a set piece. Yeah. But Robert Green, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. The old uh, up bet yours. That, I bet he's been, uh, he's been waiting to do that for a while. Yeah, he had a cracking game, though. I wouldn't be doing it till the end of the season, though, really, because there's a long way to go. There's, there's 32 gaffs, games left. A few more gaffes to come, yeah. Um, Blackpool uh, have had an interesting start. They, they haven't won at home. They've won twice away. Yeah. Um, They've had a couple of spankings. They got beaten at home by Blackburn. We've sort of seen that with Newcastle as well. And Newcastle obviously battered Villa 6-0, but have then gone and lost a couple of games at home that you probably wouldn't have expected them to. So that middle sort of tier, middle to lower tier, it seems like it's going to be a complete dogfight, everyone beating everyone else. Yeah. Um, Which which could, I suppose, be quite exciting. On on Cahill's Everton, they started like this... uh, um, well, they started poorly yeah, last season. Yeah, they didn't season. start this badly, though. This is their worst start ever, I think. Yeah, I mean, a couple of seasons ago, they did knock around the relegation zone for the first few months and then hit form and got back up. But, but you know, they're not too good to go down. But the thing was, like, that's... Last year, they had a lot of injuries at the start of the season. Mm. But this year, they haven't really got that. You know, they're just not winning games. They don't seem to be playing that badly either, but mm. they just haven't won a game yet. You know, they're, they're the only side that hasn't won a game. Yeah, I think they are. The only side not to win a game. What have been the odds of that? Exactly. Six games in. Uh, anyway, this weekend's games. Wigan at home to Wolves. Birmingham at home to Everton. Not an easy place to go for Everton when you're uh, seeking your first win. Stoke, Blackburn, Sunderland, Man United. Sunderland obviously got a, got a good point at, um, at Liverpool last week. Uh, although, I suppose if you look at Liverpool in 16th, it's probably not a good point. Uh, Tottenham Villa is the pick of the round, obviously. Yep. Um, West Brom, Bolton, West Ham, Fulham. Another local derby for your boys. Yep. What's your what's your bet? For West Ham. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think we're I think we're a good chance. I mean, not only did we get that good Tottenham result, we went away to Sunderland and won two one, and that was a competition. Steve Bruce made all these comments about trying to win the Carling Cup, didn't he? Um, and he fielded a good side. So for us to get a win, there not many teams do. Um, yeah, I, I think we can. I think we can just stay up, hopefully, and I reckon we can turn over Fulham. I think they're still finding their feet. But at the interesting game, I'll let you talk about Tottenham Villa, but I think Sunderland Man U. Yeah. You know, Man U are really struggling. Sunderland are really strong at home. Bent's on fire. I wouldn't be surprised if you know that's a draw or potentially Sunderland win that one. Well, I mean, United have had three draws in their three away games so far. So, yeah. um, And Sunderland have been a bit of draw specialists themselves, and they've, uh, they've drawn four games out of their six. So. Yeah tempted to go for a draw in that one hmm. uh, Man City Newcastle uh, we'll see which Newcastle side turns up Liverpool at home to Blackpool and that could be a crack <laughs> <laughs> Blackpool will go for it won't Blackpool they? will just go for it they'll, but you know, I think they'll look at that and think we could go here after yeah. Northampton have gone there and won yeah. uh, it'll be on penalties uh, and obviously the, the all joking aside about Spurs Villa uh, probably the tie of the is, is Chelsea Arsenal on Sunday Chelsea win Chelsea always beat Arsenal. Yeah, they just bully him. Yeah, like, it's just Arsenal just cannot match Chelsea physically. Yeah, uh, and that's that's where Chelsea are so strong, I think, because Chelsea have the ability to play any way the opposition try and play against them. Um, they, you know, if teams sort of play an open game, they can pass the ball as well as anyone else. They're as quick as anyone else. Mm. But if teams try and stand up to them and, and muscle them, they're they, you know, they can bully teams out of it as well as anyone can try and bully them. And what what do Arsenal struggle against? Teams that yeah. bully them physically. So yeah, Drogba as well probably score another hatful against Arsenal, won't he? Yeah, so that's uh, that's it. We'll uh, we'll dip back over to uh, to Europe every now and often for the season, see how things are going. But uh, but it's going probably apart from Liverpool and Everton aside, you'd probably say it's uh, it's going true to form at this stage. So we'll uh, we'll probably check back in in a few more weeks. So that's it for part three. Join us after the break, where we're going to look forward to uh, this week's game, the four games this week in the A League. It's time to celebrate the rebirth of the playmaker. We speak to Wesley Schneider and Mesut Ozil, the standout players at the World Cup. We look at the 16 greatest playmakers of all time and Southampton's greatest Matt Letizia answers your questions. Tim Cahill talks about being the face of FIFA 11. We spend time with Sydney FC's Corica and Carl and look at the Major League soccer lessons that could save the A-League. Plus we run the rule over Mancini's Man City. If it's in the game, it's in 4-4-2. On sale now. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast where we're going to preview A-League Round 9. Yes. Round 9. Yep. Only four games this week because as we talked about earlier, the... uh, First Melbourne derby has been postponed until next Friday. Could be shocking crowds this week, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, shocking crowds most week, but with yeah. the AFL and NRL. Uh, first game up is... Gold Coast. Gold Coast at home to Wellington. Yep. Uh, what do we think? I think probably the Gold Coast would just... Sporting bet have got it. Just do Dollar, it. Uh, $2. Gold Coast favourites. Wellington, $3.65. And the draw, $3.30. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds about right to me. I, I think could easily be a draw. Gold Coast would probably edge it, but Wellington still haven't found a way to do anything decent on the road. Like a good 2-1 Wellington as well, be that winning at home and then losing that scoreline away. So I'll go 2-1 Gold Coast. Yeah. Uh, second game is Saturday, uh, 5.15. 
Mariners at home to Fury. Mariners mm. looking for their fourth consecutive win at home, which would equal the club's longest winning streak. And they're almost they're also aiming for their seventh undefeated match at home. And they're yet to lose a match at home this calendar year. So you'd probably say... Mariners. Home win? Yeah, they'll probably grind it out 1-0. I reckon you know, Fury have gone quiet, haven't they? Big time off the boil and... Um, Arnie's got the Mariners playing in that sort of pragmatic way where they're doing just enough and I think they'll do that again yeah uh, Sunday 5 o'clock um, local time so that's 7 o'clock uh, Eastern time Perth at home to Brisbane so Perth in 6th Brisbane Roar in 2nd um, Brisbane 8 match winless streak on the roads. So last time they won away last time they won away was November 2009 weren't they with a 2 0 win at Hindmarsh against Adelaide. Do we see him breaking that streak? Uh, no. <laughs> I think Perth might get their season back on track here, um, despite Brisbane looking like they, you know, they can score goals now. But yeah, that's an interesting tie, actually, isn't it? Because I think they're, they're two teams that have started quite brightly. Um, yeah. but it's difficult to tell where you know where they're going to end up, but I, I think Perth. I got Sportingberg got that two twenty Perth three ten Brisbane three thirty the draw. I just forgot to give the odds for the uh, Mariners game. Mariners no surprise there strong favourites at dollar seventy five North Queensland you can get at four dollars seventy five draw at three dollars forty on Sporting Bet. So um, I don't know. I've just got a feeling that Brisbane might might win that. Yeah. I think. Um, you know, I just think they'll be full of confidence after that 4-0 win. I think they might go there and, uh, and cause an upset. Not worried about the winless streak on no. the road? Nah, no, streaks are there to be broken. <laughs> um, Sydney versus Adelaide on Monday. As we said, public holiday Monday. Um, time kick-off is at 5 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, Adelaide undefeated in their last 10. Um, Sydney can't buy a win at the moment. Um what do we think? They've already won there once. And they convincingly yeah, on the side, and I think they'll do the same again. I actually thought Sydney might do better against Adelaide the last time out, and yeah, I, th- I think Adelaide will, will knock them aside fairly easily. I mean, bizarrely, Sydney Sydney are favourites, slight favourites for this, at $2.50, and Adelaide at $2.65, and a draw at three thirty. So I think, I think Adelaide uh, a good value there. Yeah, I think uh, that would be my bet. Have you got some sort of incredible bet to tell? I have. Us? I've got a new. We've talked to you before about the early season draw bet in the A League, which which again came up trumps this year. Just been following things recently, and pretty much every game you can get a red card about three dollars eighty, three dollars ninety. Yeah. So there were four red cards in five games last week. So right. I've backed. I've backed the box multi: four red cards, three red cards, or two red cards in the four games and for a five dollar stake if there are four if there's a red card in every game I'm going to win a grand yeah it's not a bad bet to me that particularly the standard of refereeing in the A-League you know, sort of <laughs> the reaction to losing in any slight control is to throw cards around like confetti so yeah um, I'm sure Jacob Burns will help you out there shame the Melbourne Derby's not on as well for that bet well must yeah get, might be back for next week I though. do think about extending it out but I didn't want to wait a week to find out whether I'd won or not so no thought, exactly no, so that sounds week. like a reasonable. So you're saying so we'll big the, return then? If yeah, well, they're, they're all at four bucks, so the multiplier soon adds up. So um, yeah, uh, so obviously uh, let's hope that people do um, manage to get out and support. I know it's a big weekend with the other sports with them concluding, but um, if you do get the chance, make sure none of the games actually uh, clash with those games, understandably. Um, so if you do get the chance, get out and support the A League this weekend, and we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, to review all the action.
Join us then. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.